0: But everybody will remember where they were
1: when LeBron James passed Michael Jeffrey Jordan. I've been a long time. LeBron is better than Kobe guy. I'm now flipping.
2: For Durant, everything he has done off the court has been setting up for New York.
3: Chris Broussard here and welcome to the brand new Hoops on Fox podcast. This podcast will give you your daily dose of all things NBA from Fox Sports, including the best content from Skip and Shannon, Nick Wright, plus special guests, fresh NBA content from myself, post-game interviews from NBA stars around the league, and much, much more. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review.
2: Up first, Skip and Shannon look at what passing Michael Jordan's milestone means for LeBron James's legacy.
4: Okay, Shannon, what was your takeaway from last night?
2: All
0: of what he said, Skip Bayless, check. Mm. Mm. Be looked to be revered like MJ, check. Mm. Shoot a fadeaway like MJ, check. Mm. Now, he don't stick his tongue out on dunks like MJ. No. <laughs> but everything else, check, check, check. Mm-hmm. For me, Skip Bayless, uh, I will remember to last night that LeBron James passed Michael Jordan, his idol, and a lot of current players and a lot of players and a lot of, people's idol as the fourth all-time leading scorer in Mm -hmm. NBA history. And I think 10 years from now, 15, 20 years from now, no one will remember that the Nuggets crushed the Lakers in this ballgame. But everybody will remember where they were when LeBron James passed Michael Jeffrey Jordan Mm. as the fourth leading scorer. But unfortunately, he doesn't stop there. Mm. We're going to talk about this a little later. Mm. He's... uh, Get on that ride, Skip. Is he? Yeah. yeah. He headed on up. All right. leave, oh,
4: you know who? Kobe's next. You
0: le- no. leave
4: you know who mm-hmm. in the DUST. Like MJ in the DUST? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Kick it up
0: in his face. Mm. Kick it up in his face. <laughs> Go on about his business, Skip mm-hmm. Bayless. Mm. Look, it just goes to show you just how consistently <gasps> great this young man has been since he's arrived in the NBA. 11th consecutive first-team All NBA, twelve mm-hmm. overall, and to, he's a 27.1 career average score. He's top now. He's top five in scoring, top ten in assists, and in a couple of years, he's going to be top five in assists. Hmm. Skip, look, you reward you. He's been rewarded. He's been very fortunate. Prior to this year, he had really never suffered a significant injury that forced him to miss a significant amount of time. But the game itself, it showed, Skip, it looked like there were a bunch of guys three of the guys that played heavy minutes last night were in the G League, the better part of this year. And that's what LeBron tried to beat the Nuggets were, and they they played mm-hmm. as well as they could. But when you get crushed, the Nuggets are a very good rebounding team, mm. especially on the offensive end. Yep. They beat the Lakers overall in rebounding by 14. Mm. Cash in 18 offensive rebounds, 24 second-chance points. And Skip, when you do that, <coughs> and even as bad as the Lakers played with the undermanned uh, unit that they had, Skip, late in the fourth, early in the fourth quarter, they had a chance to tie the ball game. Mm. LeBron had Josh Hart on a wide open, you know, boom, tie ball game. Mm -hmm. He misses that. They go down. Gary Harris, boom, three. Now, instead of being tied, they're down five. And then Gary Harris come right back down again. Boom, three. And so what should have been a tie ball game, all of a sudden is an eight-point game, Mm -hmm. timeout, and the Nuggets never look back. Mm. And this is where we are. Mm -hmm. It has been a very, very disappointing season. For everybody involved with the Lakers, LeBron never, ever imagined this season would turn out the way it has. Mm. But this is what it is. Mm. But there have been some historical historical <laughs> milestones mm. that LeBron James has been able to accomplish. And uh, maybe that's the consolation prize as a, for this season. But this season has been a disaster. But LeBron James has been been very good. I'm mm. not going to say great, mm. because there are some times that I think he could have affected the outcome or impacted the game a lot better than, mm. than what he did, but mm. got
4: no complaints from me from what I saw mm. last night. I am shocked by that assessment of last night by LaShannon and Sharp. Mm. That was humble. That was shockingly objective. That had perspective to it. That had a certain grace to it. Why you, oh. As opposed to what I saw from your man on the court last night. Because <laughs> I will be the first to admit. By the way, Jenny, I did. Huh. Do you remember my score prediction? Ah, uh, yeah. It was one, I, I predicted 115 to 95. S- you know, sue me. I missed it by four no. points because it was 115 to 99. But I wasn't going to bring it up. Sorry. Okay. Him, but yeah, was on anyway, there. thank you. <laughs> now, back to your man. Honestly, from my heart. I tried to get into last night because I do believe there's a side of LeBron who obviously idolized Mike and sure. he looked up to Mike and he was inspired to do this and that and all the things that you just listed mm-hmm. by Mike. So I'm I'm trying to get into it and I'm I'm trying to go with the flow of the night because there was a a tinge of sadness to it because of what has happened to the Lakers, mm-hmm, obviously. But mm-hmm. still, it is an achievement to pass Michael Jeffrey Jordan on the scoring list. And then, <sighs> I saw your man's shoes. And then I read what he had, I think, handwritten, unless he had somebody write it for he him. He write his own stuff. Yeah, he probably does. He And does. he writes left-handed, sure. which is a big part of... Because I know. He's ambidextrous, which is a big part of his game. And by the way, I tried to get into the whole mood of... He's, he's more of a pass first basketball player, which I've always, I always tell you, he's still the best point guard in basketball and he's still the best passer in basketball. He's also still the greatest attacker of the basket I have ever seen at six foot nine inch, 200 and whatever he weighs, 270, 280 maybe. No. 270. Let's give him 270. Okay. 60. Ambidextrous at the hoop. He can mm-hmm. score it either way, and I thought it was fitting that he scored the the two points with his left hand. And one. It was and one. And it was even more fitting that he actually capped off the and one by making the free throw. Because I hate to point out that he missed his first four before he passed Jordan. Am I right? He did. How can it. you miss the first four free throws?
0: I. I My dogs I would jump and skip. Jump. I was cur- like, LeBron. Y'all looking at me like, Dad, what's wait, wrong wait, with no. you? <laughs> LeBrick.
4: They're worried about you? And the Le thing, was, they're not even close. LeBrick. Yeah. LeBrick. They're not close. LeBrick. LeBrick. Since he came back from injury, he's shooting 61% from the free throw line. I don't know what happened. He's got the demons going. He does. Okay. As so simple that as that. Took a little off. So now we're back to the shoes. And he hand wrote with his left hand in some kind of like... Magic marker or something. I don't know. You know he used a Sharpie. Sharpie, Sharpie, okay. Sharpie. (laughs) Magic marker. (laughs) I don't know what it was. What, are we in grade school? (laughs) Yeah, in in grade... Well, he's he's talking about growing up. You know, he idolized... He He might have found a magic marker for all I know, know. okay? (laughs) And what did he do on the side of his shoes? Thank you, MJ23. If he had just left it at that, I would have been so good with it because that would have been such an inspiring message of the night. Okay, what do you got? But what did he do at what the he end did, of that? What he, what he, do get, he, he drew got a crown. He got a crown. And so suddenly the message changes from thank you to thank you for inspiring me to be greater than you, to be the king. Crown him. Right? Crown him. Said LeBron with that message on the side of his shoes. Why would you put the crown on? God, he the king. We don't need the crown. Is he not the king? So the whole night was spent looking up to Jordan while looking down on him. That's how it came across to me. No, it didn't. The whole night was one long, humble brag. That's what your man does. It's it's incredible humble bragging because... There, there is no – What you just provided some perspective, some big picture. And the big picture of this, the perspective I wanted to hear, a little bit of humility from LeBron, it did take 118 more games than Michael Jordan played Stop. to pass him. Well, 118, that's a lot of games, okay, man. But, Skip, you still won't mention LeBron okay. James is still 1,240 shots behind him. And you still won't mention that Michael played in an era in which they did not emphasize – even taking three-point okay. shots, Not, let alone making them. They just didn't care about it. No. It was it was almost like a taboo shot when right. it first came in, like a joke, a gimmick, mm-hmm. a clown shot. Yeah. Like, yeah. you don't do yeah. that. If The greater you are, the less you're going to shoot that shot. So now, LeBron James, he made two quick, pretty quick last night. He missed his free throws, but he made those two threes, and I'm like, uh-oh, here he comes. And he has now scored... 3,399 more points from the three-point line than Michael did in his career. Mm-hmm. Think of that, that. That's 3,400 more points because he's attempted 3,204 more threes than Michael attempted. Well, that's a shocking advantage to LeBron to, to catch and pass him. But
0: even with that, even with the 3400 more three mm-hmm. uh, 3400 more mm-hmm. points and the 2000 mm-hmm. more threes, yep. he's
4: still 1240 shots behind him. Okay. But but again, Michael was was a very good passer. Let's not discount that. He's right? 2000 LeBron is 2000 assists clear. Okay. But think about 118 games. That's a lot of games. Okay, what uh
0: uh I think he averaged what a little under 6
4: mm-hmm. assists a game, okay? So, remember, Michael was an 84% three-point yes. uh, free, free throw, throw shooter. And and LeBron is still teetering, but his career average still hovers right at 74. Mm-hmm. So, 10% more free throws, if you do that over time, mm-hmm. it's a staggering number yes. of more points yes. that you can make yes. from the free throw line. Correct. I still say LeBron has actually neglected the free throw line because there a lot of times he was afraid to go in there and do what what was going to happen which is have to march to the free throw line and shoot more free throws. Right. So so to me I I needed to hear some of that perspective night. What time.
0: perspective?
4: Oh, well, I just told you.
0: Oh, so you Frequent want him to say, shots. you want, you want him to say, you know what? Yeah, I passed Michael I passed Michael, my idol, my hero. I looked up to, he gave me inspiration. But, guys, I want you all to know I did play 117 more games. Guys, I did take 2,000 more threes than him. Really? Is that what you
4: want him to say? Yeah. Perspective. Just say, look, I know that that it took me a while to do it, but this was more of a longevity achievement for LeBron. This was more of I took better care of myself than Michael did. Now, I'm always going to give you that because Michael did not take great care of himself near the end, even though he worked out hard. He, he hit the cigars, he, he, you know all the right. rest, and and I think LeBron's starting to go down that path a little bit too much now. If he really wants to pass Kareem, we're going to talk about that. He's going to pass him. I don't yeah. want to. He's going to happen. All right, but obviously LeBron has focused harder on his fitness than even Michael did with the great Tim Grover. They used to have their breakfast club. Right. And that's I'm going back to '98 during the finals. You know during that run. Right. Okay. He he was in peak weight room sort of shape uh-huh. and. And yet, LeBron has managed to stay a little healthier a little longer. I know he just had the 18-game injury that he yeah. just mm-hmm, suffered.
0: But here's the thing, yeah. though, Skip. No, I, I've never – and I've I've seen – I've been alive to see a lot of records passed. I have yet to hear the guy when he passes. I wasn't alive when Roger Maris passed Babe Ruth. But I never don't, – I don't remember hearing in any of his things, like I'm so happy to break this record, that – Babe only played 154 games, and I played 162.
4: Yeah, he didn't have to because the New York media and the national media was all over him I, I'm not, well, for daring to do that. Just like you. And it's Roger all, Maris's hair was falling out while it, he was trying to... And just like you
0: keep constantly reminding everyone, Mm -hmm. LeBron did play 117 more games. Somebody's
4: got to be objective. You can
0: be objective, but what about those shots? Even though with 2,000 more three attempts, Mm -hmm. LeBron James is still 1,240 field goal attempts. Mm -hmm. Oh, threes, twos, he's still 1,240 behind him. Mm -hmm. I just want to know Why? Mm. Why? (laughs) How can LeBron get to pass him mm. when he's taking fewer shots in 117
4: more games? Well, he was much more of a pass-first basketball player but than I'm Michael pa- was.
0: So Magic Johnson was pass-first. He, he didn't pass Michael. Oscar Robinson was pass-first. Isaiah Thomas, John Stockton, Jason mm.
4: Kidd. They not passing Michael. Maybe LeBron would have won more championships if he would, as you keep saying here lately, have gone hardened more often. Am I right about that? Maybe. Maybe he did not. Maybe he was unselfish to a fault. Maybe he shrank from that responsibility. I don't, I don't. Next, hear from LeBron himself after he passed his childhood idol's NBA points total.
5: This rank right up there at the top. Uh, championships for a kid from Akron, Ohio that. that Uh, needed inspiration and um, needed some type of uh, positive influence. Uh, MJ was that guy for me. Um, I I, I watched him from afar, um, wanted to be like MJ, wanted to shoot fadeaways like MJ, wanted to stick my tongue out on something like MJ. So that's why it's so crazy to me right now that That's why it's so crazy to me just seeing, uh, you know, where I'm at in the, in the scoring of all-time greats in, in this game of basketball, because I've never been about scoring. I want kids to look up to me at some point like MJ, and uh, it's, just, uh, it's just it's crazy to be honest, I don't, it's, just, it's beyond crazy. I mean, I didn't know how it was gonna happen. I, I figured I can go out there and get 13 points at some point. I didn't know how it was gonna happen. A couple of teammates asked me if I had uh, 12 points or whatever the case may be, or 11 points. How would I like it to be? I said uh, either a fadeaway in the post or, or uh, off the two, off two feet, lean in, tongue out, dunk on the break. Um, it was very emotional, very emotional. A lot, of, a lot of things that was going on inside me at that point in time. Uh, I wanted to look up at the scoreboard to kind of see what was going on up there, but same time I didn't want to show what was going on behind that towel so and we always we all wanted to be MJ um, we all wanted to be MJ every last one of us and um, it's, it, it, it's crazy like my high school my high school best friends, they text me and they just like they can't believe it I can't believe it because we just remember like walking up and down you know the Akron streets with a basketball just you know singing I want to be I want to be like Mike Crazy. Like when you're an inner city kid from Akron, Ohio like myself and my guys growing up, just, you just look for anything, any lightning in the bottle that can inspire you um, because you just always put up against the, the numbers of failure. You know, the percentages of guys like myself, a single parent household, only child, underprivileged, making it out is it's not not high at all. And uh, you know, MJ had a lot to do with me making it out, along with my mother along with the city itself, you know, along with the Blue League coaches I had. Um, but Mike had no idea what he was doing for a kid um, that was growing up, you know, 45 minutes of flight away from Chicago, and he was putting in that work.
2: Now, Whitlock explains to Marcellus and the SFY crew why LeBron should forget about Jordan and start worrying about Kobe in the debate of all-time greats. Has the disaster this season,
1: uh, moved LeBron out of the Jordan conversation and into a debate about whether or not he's better than Kobe. And I've been a long time, LeBron is better than Kobe guy. I'm now flipping. Uh, Kobe, the competitive nature of Kobe, the Mamba mentality that's being talked about and talked about and talked about, I'm a, I'm, 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 jumping ship to Kobe. <laughs> you said that with a straight face. You yeah, straight up gone, with it. Yeah, so
6: you just burned 16 years of tape just because you saw somebody give a little more effort at the it's end the of the day. the third time. Okay, the you know what? The third time I seen him it's, not be compete. It's amazing in your glory years, which is supposed to be the gravy years, that we now going to judge you on the meat and potatoes, which is the film that said that LeBron is definitively better than Kobe <laughs> Bryant. He... Past Kobe Bryant. You can't go backwards. Uh, This is supposed to help you, not hurt you, these years of LeBron's career. It's insane for anybody to look at effort, which obviously translates to fans. It's competition, Marshall. Oh, it is competition, but it's also achievement. It's also achievement. He's jogging to a 27, 9, and 8. Kobe wasn't doing that in, in year 16, and Kobe was giving full effort. I'll leave you with this. For example, my coach used to always say in training camp. Fans would go crazy like you when somebody would run a nine route and dive for it. Oh, the fans are like, oh, man, he's going to be nice this year. Watch that dude. Watch for him. And coach would say, yeah, if he was a little faster, he wouldn't have to die for it. Think about that. LeBron may be looking like he's jogging. You may be mis- misinterpreting all of LeBron's effort as, oh, it's just too casual. But in reality, he's still putting up a Oh, shoving numbers.
1: him to guard, people. But go ahead.
6: <laughs> One play, bro. One play,
7: oh, bro. I mean, I, at this point, he wasn't past. Kobe, to me, just because of that reason. Like, competitor. Yes, if he had the mama mentality, he would be the best ever. Close to, I got Kareem at the top to me. Okay. But he would be in that conversation even more, but not being a competitor, not having that mama mentality, not dominating when you know you can, playing to the level of your, of your competition, he shouldn't be doing that.
6: He wasn't better than Kobe before he came to L.A.? Kind like this.
7: They're both great in their own right. Kobe is a better competitor. He's a better scorer. LeBron is a better all-around player. At the end of the day, he hasn't passed Kobe in points yet. That's coming. Championships. He hasn't passed him in championships. No. So what I'm saying, they're both great. <laughs> that's not, coming. That's that's not both, coming. They're both great in their own right. But if I, me personally, I have to go with Kobe because that's the type of guy I want on my team. He plays harder and he's and he's great.
8: I think it's more so on the L.A. level, too, though, because now it's being accentuated here at L.A. because of what Kobe accomplished. I don't think nationally, I don't think that conversation is as relevant as it is here mm. in L.A. Because now they're going back to, well, Kobe would have done this. Kobe would have – he never would have done this. Right. And some of the things that Kobe didn't do right, like the game we had in Phoenix, we're in game seven where he didn't shoot in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. People forget about that. Right. Okay, because right. he was trying to send a message. Mm-hmm. Now, this accentuates everything that Kobe did right because of what's happening with LeBron. And let's keep in mind, I said this before. Overall, LeBron is a better player. But I would rather guard LeBron than Mike or Kobe. Any day. Because with those two, if they're not hitting a jump shot, they go to mid-post, they go down yeah, to the so post. Yeah. And when they get to the free throw line, they're going to make you pay. Well, LeBron is some things that I think I can take away. and 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 he'll kind of phase out a little bit. Those two, they continue to come at you no matter what. So- but
7: then, but then they're comparing, the, the fans are comparing 20 years here in L.A. and five championships to one year. You can't well, LeBron, do that. Can't you do can't that. Do, that. do that. It's, it's not a fair comparison. And look at the team he's playing with. It's not a fair comparison. But that's, just, that's, just, that's the fans that, what have you done for me lately, fans? They, they
6: want you to but win. But that's not, why I push back win at Whitlock. I push back at a fan that flips. I don't push back at
1: somebody say, he was never better than Kobe for me. I respect that, but how does he flip I react based on this? To new information. That is me for my entire life. And so, look, when LeBron quit in Cleveland the first time playing Boston, i OK, I'm going to give him that one. He was frustrated. When he had the Dallas series, mm-hmm. I was like, whew, that was tough. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give him that. They went on one, two championships. He won one in Cleveland. Three strikes and you're out. This is a hot mess. The dude's not playing defense, he's disengaged, he's not competing. Jim makes a great point. Kobe's went through some games where he wouldn't shoot, and that's non-competitive. That's him throwing a Mm -hmm. tantrum. I'm going to give him that. They're talking right now about a mamba mentality. I heard Dwayne Wade reference it. I hear Mm -hmm. everybody now, mamba mentality, mamba mentality.
8: What's the LeBron mentality? But, he, but, he's, he, but, he, but he's never claimed to have that. Right. He's, he's there because he never. That's get, not part of his DNA. Okay. And Steve, you know that. Right. But here's the thing. What's he leaving? If, us if with he, he had that. What's he leaving? He, us? He, well, leaving what are we
1: going to be talking about? He,
8: listen. Well, he transformed <laughs> no, the game no, no, in a lot of different ways. Okay. He, he has transformed no this game no in question. a lot of different ways. No question. Okay. Nobody has the power. For me. Nobody has the power We've that never LeBron has. Okay. Listen. He changed training camp. He changed the way you looked at free agency. He changed everything. He changed... Let me push back. Okay, go Let ahead. Let me push back. I just heard Adam Silver do, talk
1: about this. And we're not old enough to remember. But Adam Silver said, hey, man, there's been this yin and yang between player and ownership throughout the history of the NBA. Wilt Chamberlain made Philadelphia fire their coach and make him the head coach, and then he bounced on them. Bill Russell made the Celtics, make him the head coach. Players... Have been having and exercising power. The NBA pushes back and takes back control. But but he's not it, to us in our lifetime. He's the first to have this kind of power. Mm-mm. But there have been others who have had that power. And so and and look, maybe that will be LeBron's legacy—the power that he accumulated. But but to what good did it lead to? In terms of hmm, what? It, oh, girl, what? Let me finish. Oh. Oh, yeah, <laughs> let me finish. <laughs> new information. <Okay>. We hear <laughs> new information. Oh. That power, did it contribute to his overall team accomplishments? Did it help him reach the ultimate goal the way it did? Whatever power Jordan had, it led to six championships. Kobe it led to five. Magic it led to five. LeBron's sitting here with three, and damn it, that's underachievement in my opinion. It's,
7: it's not underachievement because LeBron didn't. It wasn't all about him. <clears throat> It was about every player in the league. He wanted everybody to benefit. That's what he, he changed. He changed the whole league. Not, it wasn't you just sure? about him. You, sh- you can see it. Mm. You can see it. Why, why, why are guys not confident enough to come out and say, I want to play with this guy because of LeBron? Why are guys confident enough to say, I want to work out with this guy you because of LeBron? Why are guys that can't play making money because
6: me, of LeBron? Where's their it. sports agency while let they're let check active. Why they're still acting? how the fans <laughs> hear
1: that. Yeah, LeBron made it normal for you to give up on competing against your peers and go team up. That, that, that's not, that's not what fans, he did. But that's, that's not the not what signal he did. That's, been inter- that's been interrupted right now.
6: Effort translates to fans. They say, we gave our hard-earned money. We don't see you giving 100%. We got a problem. But the beauty of what you're saying is, is you could easily be flipped. Because all LeBron needs to do is be on a winning team next year with these Lakers, get a free agent. This could flip like nothing <laughs> for you, yeah. for you. But for the us who have seen enough of the body of work, It's cemented where you are pretty much. This is the gravy years. I just don't use that to subtract from
8: your greatness. Here's the thing. I'm going to go back to this. There's been players that got power. Wilt's deal was he had an agreement with the owner of the the Warriors at the time for 20% ownership that he passed away. The other owner said no. So that's why Wilt wanted to be traded. Kareem got traded. Michael had power, but when Reinsdorf... And, and, and that group said, we're done, we're, they're done. Yeah. Nobody has had the influence all around on just a team and a league like LeBron, period. When you go from totally when, hold on, when you go from changing back-to-back games, okay, because LeBron mm-hmm. wants to do that, mm. and the way training camp is, and free agency, think about this. Mm-hmm. By circumventing the salary cap and saying, okay, the max deals are you stay here. You know what they did? He said, we're going to circumvent this. We're going to do two year deals with a th- three year deal with a two year out. That's how we're going to get around the match deal and get our money. That was him. Yeah. So, power wise, guys had influence. That's one thing. Power? Nobody had it like that. And, and like I Mike, said again, they had Mike power. But no, he didn't. He Mike thought didn't. about everybody. Mike didn't have much He more shoes
1: than everybody. But that's a whole uh, That ain't, like that ain't, that ain't it's power. And
8: listen, if he had so much power, why that Bulls team didn't come back for another year? Mm. They told him no. They
1: were <laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: they, they told him no.
2: following that. Mavs assistant coach God Sham God joins Christine Leahy to explain his unique name and famous crossover.
0: My guest today was a legend on the New York City basketball courts and the creator of one of the best crossover moves of all time. Now he's teaching those moves as an assistant coach for the Dallas Mavericks. God Sham God is here. How
9: you doing? I'm good. How are, doing? how are you? Good.
0: You know, I actually don't know how you got your name God Sham God.
9: That's my, uh, my father's name and his name is God Sham God. When I was in high school, uh, my father I got locked up. So I really, in the beginning, I was like really like mad at him about certain things. So I used to, so when I got to high school, I just always put my mom's last name. And my mom's last name is Wells. So when I got in high school, I used to just write Sham God Wells, Sham God Wells. Because when I was little, you know, when you're little, it's hard for kids to call you God and stuff like that without getting teased. So then when I got to um, high school, you know, I used Shamgar Wells. And then when I got to college, they told me I had to use my uh, birth name or change it. You know, and at that time, I wasn't going to spend $500 to change my name to my mom's last name. So then, of course, everybody found out that was God, shame God, and then some people made a whole big spectacle of it. Mm-hmm. And some people thought it was me, like, oh, he's, Calling so, yourself God. he's so arrogant, Are you want to call yourself God and stuff like that. So it's, it's, a, it's funny. But I think the way I learned how to play basketball and things like that, as I got older, it became cool to people. Yeah. Yeah. And then when they see me play, they kind of think it fits,
0: mm-hmm. like,
9: you know, because all the dribbling and stuff and things like that. So You know, in the end, it works out. Everything works out.
0: So this um, the sham god move, Mm -hmm. that is such a huge part of your legacy. So many players are replicating it. How did you come up with it?
9: Uh, When I was young, I used to always watch film of basketball players like to learn, learn how to dribble because in the beginning, I really didn't have no trainer. And then when I first started playing basketball, I used to be so embarrassed that I wasn't good in basketball. So I used to always tell people I was good, but I would never play. You know, so I was like real embarrassed. So um, once I did it by, I did it by mistake. And then, like I said, I used to always watch film. So I saw it on film to myself. And then me and one of my best closest friends that was in college, Corey Wright, we went to the gym. After we watched the film, I'm like, oh, this probably could work. I'm like, this is good. We went to the gym and I had to practice that move like thousands of times. And then it just became a thing. So you you said you weren't good at basketball, but Mm -hmm. then is that what made you good? No, I was, what happened was up until 13, I was like, okay in basketball. Okay. So um, when I was in junior high school, I had a coach by the name of Tiny Archibald. He's uh, he's like one of the top 50 greatest basketball players. But when I first met him, I didn't know that, you know, because like I said, I wasn't into basketball when I was little, so when I went to my school, you know, I'm learning how to play and, this older guy, he'd come to me and he's like, hey, you should do this. And I'm like, well, this is this old guy talking about basketball. He don't know nothing about no basketball. So then I go home and I'm watching a VHS tape, you know, back then. And it's like, um, below the rim and they got guards like Magic Johnson, Kevin Johnson, Tim Hardaway. And then in the middle of it, it got older people like Pistol Pete Maravich, Earl Monroe. And then of course, it had Tiny Archibald. So I come back to school the next day and I'm like, why you didn't tell me you played in the NBA? he's like, Oh, you know, you young kids think you know everything and all this other stuff. And then he he told me, he was like, if you learn how to dribble, you will always be worth something to a team. Mm-hmm. So I got kind of like obsessed personality. Like if I really like something, i do it over and over and over again. So then after that day, when he told me that, I just practiced morning, noon, and night, just dribbling, 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 dribbling. And then, of course, you know, my God-given talent just kicked in. Yep. So then it all just came, it just all came together and, you know, from whether it's Chris Paul, whether it's Russell Westbrook, you know, Dame Lillard, uh, Jamal Crawford. These
0: are all guys that you taught how yeah, to do no, it?
9: know, those all guys that ask me about it all the time. Okay. About, you know, to, you know, like, you know, I grew up with Kyrie, father, stuff like that. So it's just all been a part of it and like you know when I meet them it's all like hey man when when I was young I watched so much film on you dribbling and stuff like that and then when I'm around them I just show them like different
2: versions of it. Finally, Chris Broussard joins Nick and CeCe to break down Kevin Durant's offseason options.
8: Why would Kevin Durant stay in Golden State? What's the case for him staying where he is? Yeah,
3: I've made the argument on this show before that I, I think it'd be great for him to stay and go for a fourth straight ring. Yes. All the guys, Magic, MJ, LeBron, Kobe, Shaq, all that he's compared to have never won four straight. Only Bill Russell. Right. And so if he had that on his resume, I mean, that'd be huge. But watching this season unfold with how difficult, you know, the the struggles they're having this year, he and Draymond going at it, the tension there is with the team, there's a reason those guys didn't win four straight, you know, because it's very difficult mentally, emotionally, not to mention physically. So it appears that that would be not quite unrealistic, but very difficult. If they win it this year, for them to come back and do it a four straight year, it just might be too tough. And look, he's got two great options, in my opinion, New York and the Clippers outside of Golden State. So, I, I, I as much as I'd like to see him get four straight, I don't think he would Why stay. do you think
2: he is – I know we've talked a lot about Kyrie's levels of happiness and his inner – but I thought the other night when he was – after they got blown out by the Celtics, him – I don't want to say going at Steve Kerr, but his postgame press conference juxtaposed to Steph Curry's, where right. Steph Curry Curry kept the even keel. You, you said he's the Tim Duncan for – you. one of you has yeah. said he's yeah, Tim yeah. Duncan for the Golden State Warriors. And Kerr – I mean, Kerr predates Durant. And Kerr is incredibly popular within that locker room. And Durant just seems a, a, generally irritated with the situation. Well, I thought
10: he had legitimate reason after the game. What he questioned was Steve Kerr talked about now we need to play. We need to be a little more mean, a little more intense. Before and during angry. the season. And, yeah, angry. And um, earlier in the season, they were talking about, man, let's play with a little more joy. Let's be happy. So that's, that was the message point. That's Kerr's and, mantra, really, well, it was the, the joy. And then he contradicted it. Yeah, but now because we lose this game, right. don't go behind the team. Because he should have told the team that after the game, before he told the media that. Like, you can't change your messaging point to the media before you talk to the team because you have to be consistent. And he said, oh, he said that. Oh, I thought he was talking about play with some joy. So that's, that's what he should be able to do. He has the right to be able to do that because Steve Kerr changed a message point that, that we had. And then he went on to being like, no, it's about playing with some more joy. So I, I, I don't have a problem with that. I think people miscalculate the amount of stress that NBA players, and I'm going to say it's stress because dealing with the media, I'm part of the media now. But we used to have a system in Minnesota, and when you only have 16 games and you only play one game a week, all right, and we only typically have two media appearances that we have to do. We have one scheduled during the week, and we're definitely going to talk after the game. But you're talking about 82 games. Now you're talking about all these shooter games.
3: Right, right, twice There's a so
10: day. many more opportunities. So I'm not making excuses for NBA players. But I'm looking at the schedule. I'm looking at how many sound bites, how many times people can get them tripped up. And I didn't like talking to the media because, to me, I got a job to do. And catching the football going across the middle, being in shape, has nothing to do with the media. They might think they help you do your job. You help them do their job. So I'm taking it back to my days. in the And in, in there was also some... Con- Contentious moments. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Like, because... I can't answer all the questions, and I can't tell them the truth all the time. So what these media, um, the basketball players, what they're facing with the media, we should get used to this and maybe have something not not empathy, but understanding of how many times, how many days a week they have a mic in their face where someone is trying to trip them up. Because we don't see all and hear all the sound bites and everything that you get. You get a lot of bad questions from local people, people trying to make a mark, trying to get a sound bite, trying to or please trying their to bait boss. You, trying to bait yeah, you. Yeah, trying to point. please their boss. So I wouldn't be surprised. I know the NBA, they made the season longer, but this is not going to get any easier for the players to deal with. Now, it's a part of the job, it's a part of your responsibility, but we better understand what they're going through, and we better start looking at it a little bit different if we're going to understand this modern-day athlete.
3: When I was a beat writer covering, you know, the Cavaliers, the Nets, the Knicks, I I talked to some players. Because, look, I was at every shoot-around, I was at every practice, I'm in the locker room before every game, after game, and I would get sick of going seeing the players. Because it's like every day we're asking a lot of the same questions and I will talk to them. I know you get tired of seeing me. Right. I'm here. So there should be an understanding. And I think with KD, I mentioned that I've been told KD and Kyrie were a little leery of New York. I'm not saying they won't come. But a little bit
10: leery just because of the media. It's something that should be discussed between the two of them.
3: They should consider it. Now, what I would say is that when you played and when I was a beat writer before the internet – it was a little different. New York was more different than everywhere else. Yeah, New, New had York's known for sensationalism. Right. <laughs> and yeah, and the internet was just come, but it wasn't as big of a factor as now. Yes. But the internet, um, I mean, uh, New York's known for sensationalism, tabloid journalism. Now that's kind of throughout the country. Because you know well, you, you can that, Twitter, so it's not right. So it won't be as different. Is as
2: jarring, right? I agree. It's a going, little
3: bit different, but it's not as much.
2: I understand there's going to be every city doesn't have a New York Post, and I, I I get that. And every city doesn't have the intense scrutiny, but you know Philly's pretty intense, by the way. Boston local media is pretty intense, and the national media. But, but the national media, media covers everyone. Right. The internet covers everyone, and so the, a lot of these guys. They, it's not a beef, t- typically, with the local guys. You, not all. You no, know what I mean? right. Because they, they do not get relationships them. with them. And for Durant, when it comes to the Warriors, everything he has done off the court over the last 9 to 12 months has been setting up for New York. Now, everything he's doing with Rich Kleinman, the office space that they're yeah. trying to set up, there's the element of LeBron's now on the West Coast kind of t- is sucking up that air from the media, the Kevin Durant's ability to go to New York and be the star in the biggest city in the country. And Kevin Durant is in, and Rich Kleinman, to his credit, the, the mogul business. They yeah. they have real estate deals. They, they're doing media stuff, their own media company. So it would be, to me... It would take a massive shift or a seismic event for Kevin Durant to change that course. I don't
3: think he'll go to New York by himself, and I don't think he should. But, I, but
2: because of if the you move go they Kyrie made, or, right, but K, or somebody but KD else. will be a huge draw. Like Because of the move they made, it was one of the reasons the Chris Tapps trade, even if you love Chris Tapps as a player, was such a great move for the Knicks because now they don't have to do anything this summer right. to be able to sign to two guys. Two. They, but they'll be talking. Set up. KD
3: will be talking with AD, with Kyrie. I just don't think you should go there alone because you won't win no. at a high level alone. No, not in the NBA. And if yeah. you don't win in New York, it's horrible. And that's where the media will really get bad. Let me say this last thing quickly about KD. In discussions with him and, and what he said about Kerr the other night, one thing I've learned about KD, he just wants to speak his mind. And whether it's some no-name going at him on Instagram, whether it's a media person saying something, mm-hmm. he's going to confront you. Or Steve Kerr. He's right. going to say his mind just because
2: that seems to be the type of person he Can is. Can I follow up? Just one quick question. I'm sorry. There's something you said about winning in New York. What do you think winning in New York means, though? Like you said, it's horrible. to win. If 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 KD went to New York and won a title, that's the best. But it, I'm it saying, would mean no.
3: more. Oh, he's got to win but a championship. Compared to
8: where they were, all you got to do at this point, for the last couple of years, get them into the playoffs. That would be nice. Me. initially. No, no, no. That's franchise. Initially, and that's local right.
10: people. Right. But KD is trying to be one of, the, one of the biggest names that's ever played in sports, and how that. Um, how that gets him into other businesses. No, we, we're fans, all right? He's not a fan. Right. He's making a decision that would change his life.
2: Thank you for listening to the Hoops on Fox podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review letting us know what you think of the show.